0: We pray for Nico as he comes to open the word of the Lord to us uh, this evening. We're saying at the beginning, we've been trying to preach and lead together for the last six weeks, and this is the first time he managed to do it, so it's a bit of a joy for us. Uh, Father, pray for Nico as he comes uh, to speak tonight. I pray that even now your spirit may be working through his preparation, that you'll be um, working in our hearts as we listen, and our minds, and I pray that that Nico may bring the words of life to us this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Um, So, I introduced you to very British problems last time, so I thought I'd bring it back. Um, But before that, um, Amy and Richard are here. They got married two weeks ago in this church. Where are you? There. Let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Ashurst. Well done. So... um, Sorry, I got distracted with that, but let's look at this. I'm going to show you four slides, and out of those four slides, I'm going to see if you can guess what I'm going to talk about today. Four slides, and then you can chat to the person next to you. So let's get the date in the diary. Translation, we shall not see each other for at least another year, old friend. Never being more stressed than when someone is forgetting to drink the tea you made them. Could do. I use this phrase, if I ever use it with you, sorry. I don't want to commit to saying no, that's a bit too direct, but I'm afraid I do actually mean no. There's also a high chance that I think you've suggested, what you suggested is a terrible idea, so let's move on. And lastly, oh, I'd love to, but I can't. Translation, I don't want to, so I won't. So, one minute, speak to the person next to you, try and guess what we are looking at today. So, let, let's see, any, it's, it's not fasting, and it's not interceding, it's not giving either, don't worry, I'm not going to ask for any money. What, what do people think we are going to talk about today? Honesty. Honesty. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, no. My yes is my yes, my no is my no. No, not really, we're not talking about that. Anyone else? And a good guess? Discernment? No? Oh, I thought it was easier. What? Commitment? Nearly. Yeah, it's another C, but nearly. Yes, basically it has to do with running away from what we're called to do. But um, we've been looking at different Cs about how to share our faith. And today we're looking at conversion. But it's, it's mainly, we, we've been looking at the last few weeks different words like, um, compassion and, um, what did you preach on last week, David? Continuing, continuing, continuing sharing the faith, really good talk about how to share personal faith. Um, but it's all, all different seeds, but it's basically how can we share our faith? And it's something that we would all lo- love to say, I'd love you, but I can't. I'd love to, but I can't. Uh, and I don't want to, so I won't. Um, so we're looking at conversion today, and uh, we're going to look at uh, the book of Romans. So we're going to go on a bit of a journey on the book of Romans. It's only 16 chapters, and it will probably take me four hours to go through it. Um, but we're going to go kind of quickly, because it it, it makes sense to look at at Romans today. Um, So Romans divided in four bits. So first bit is Paul is preaching the gospel, is telling them, actually, you're great, you're really nice people, but you need a savior, you need Jesus, you need grace, you need someone to pay the price for you. Um, And then he he starts talking about a new humanity. What does it mean to, to be this group of people who have been transformed by Jesus? What does it mean in our daily life? And then he goes into this weird bit where he talks about Israel and the place of Israel in the church, obviously, because that was very relevant at that beginning. They were thinking, do we have to become Jews or not? Um, And then he goes into very practically what does it mean to follow Jesus today? uh, Talks about unity, talks about walking together. And we're going to really go quickly through a few things. So bear with me, and, and I'm going to read quite a few verses. So if you don't like uh, reading the Bible, then today is not a great day to be sitting down. Um, so Romans 1, 14 to 17 says, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. For for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So what what Paul is saying is the gospel is the best news, the best thing that anyone can share with you is this, this gospel, this news that talks, that is the power of God, which seems like foolishness to some, but it's actually the most powerful thing you can ever hear. And that's how he starts his letter, just saying, I'm not ashamed, this is actually the best news, and you might think I'm a bit weird, and you might think I'm strange and religious, I don't care, because what I have to share is so, so important, and it will change your life. And I, I love that about uh, Paul, how he starts. Um, this week, it was my, my son's birthday, and uh, I went to Sutton, and, and I was, um, my wife made me buy a balloon, which was a number six, and um, strangely, I went first to buy the balloon, and then walked around buying the rest of the stuff. <laughs> so I walked around Sutton with a number six everywhere, and you can imagine, then I we went to the supermarket, and I was just walking down the aisles, and people are hit, were getting hit, smashed by the balloon. I felt so uncomfortable, so ashamed. But about having this balloon, but actually, it's a great thing. I had a six, number six, nobody was thinking, oh, is he celebrating, I don't know, his sixth anniversary of something. Probably, hopefully, most people realize I was uh, buying a present for my son, and they must have been very happy about that. But I felt so ashamed by something that actually was really nice. And I think sometimes when we talk about the gospel in different spheres in our lives, we feel a bit ashamed when actually it's a great thing and and people don't think uh, weird stuff uh, about us. Um, I also feel, have you ever... This is probably more, more for the men. Have you ever walked on the street with a bunch, of, a, a bunch of flowers and you feel really awkward? I feel so embarrassed when I walked with flowers through the streets. I don't know why, but I really feel like everyone's looking at me. And uh, when I told Sonia this the other day, she said, oh, is that why you never buy me flowers? And I thought, oh. <laughs> it was like, oh, like good slap in the face. Um, but we shouldn't be ashamed. The, what we have is power of God. It's so amazing. And let's look a bit more at why it's so amazing. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And this is actually the best news ever. It's not down to us to earn God's love. It's not down to us to kind of have brownie points with God. It is by faith. It's because of what Jesus did. And this is the most kind of important bit of it all. We're not ashamed because the message of God is so great that no matter what we do, if we choose to follow him, We have his grace. And uh, tomorrow is Reformation Day. And uh, you know Luther, when when he was discovering the whole Bible again, he he was looking at at the Bible. And one of the things that uh, was most transformative in his life was he was looking at Romans and discovering grace and discovering actually that God loved him and and that he, he could live this life of grace and faith. And it didn't depend on him And what he said was, what I found is a secret of happiness. That's the main thing he felt he discovered was the secret to happiness. He suddenly discovered something It was so joyful that he wanted to share with the whole world and nearly got killed because of that. But it was for him, the the main thing he found was the secret of happiness. It's something so joyful about discovering the grace of God. Um, And that's what the gospel is all about. So let's move forward to the the second block in Romans. And we've got so many lovely bits in in that, um, in this chunk of Romans, so many powerful verses. But I'm just going to read a few just for us to be aware of how great the gospel actually is. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, Therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. It's no more condemnation. Again, joyful expectation of what God does through us. And Romans 8, 37 and 39. No, in all these things... Is this what the kids are doing, Naomi? Yes, I stole it from you, sorry. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced we are more than conquerors, not because we are great, because... Because of this, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't our gospel amazing? Nothing can separate us from the love of God once we are in his grace. Nothing. Nothing. Not even the worst thing in the world nothing can separate us it's really good news the gospel is really good news so let's look into what i'd like to look at today in a bit more depth and this is romans 10 12 to 17. if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your hearts that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on his name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the message here is how can they believe if nobody shares with them the gospel? How can they know if there's no one around to share the message? And the uncomfortable thing about this is that our example isn't enough. They need to hear the good news. I'm not saying we have to preach to everyone all the time, but for someone to discover the grace of God, they need to understand what Jesus did for them. And therefore, my first point for today is: our example isn't enough. And I know this is really uncomfortable. I know we 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 love to say um, the the very well known uh, phrase. Uh, preach, and if necessary, uh, use words. And that's probably one of the most unbiblical things we share in church, because actually, we preach is preach is sharing the news, is is announcing the news that Jesus died for us. Um, and and we like that because uh, it, it it's a kind of escape way towards not actually sharing the good news that Jesus died for people. And um, and the truth is that if we base ourselves only on our example. The problem is that we are usually not the best person in the room, are we? Or well, at least I'm not the best person in the room. When, when I'm in a group of 20, 30 people, I'm probably not the kindest person in the room. I'm probably not the most generous person. I'm probably not the most kind of self sacrificial person in the room. And therefore, why should they hear, listen to me? more than someone else. Why, why wouldn't they follow the example of the other person who's a bit better than me, or a bit nicer than me, or a bit kinder than me? Um, and the, the difference we have is not that we are great, not that we are the best, not that we are the most lovely people on the world, The difference we have is that we have discovered a God who loves us, a God who came to us, a God who calls us by name and says, come, journey with me, come, let's walk together. We've discovered the grace of an amazing God. And that's our message. And and obviously, we want to be great people, and we want to be lovely and kind and good, but we're not always the best person in the room. And therefore, our example is probably not enough for someone to start a journey with Jesus. But it's still important, please don't like, okay, now I can be the worst person in the room, really, really nasty, but I'm going to preach uh, the gospel uh, regardless. Actually, um, a guy called Ed, Ed Silvoso says this, preaching the truth without love is like giving someone a good kiss when you have bad breath. No matter how good your kiss is, all the recipient will re- remember is your bad breath. Um That's true, isn't it? Like, if if you've got these kind of super preachers who stand and and are saying everyone's going to hell or something on the street and nobody wants to listen to them at all, we need to preach and be kind and loving and have the fruit of the Spirit. But if we're expecting people to become Christians just because we, we are really nice and kind, then that probably won't work. Um, And again, it doesn't mean you have to preach to everyone. But for someone to get to know the grace of God, someone has to share the message. There's no way you can discover, oh, yes, look, that's a really nice person. Therefore, I'm going to ask God for forgiveness for my sins, recognize that he died for my sins, and and decide to have Jesus as my Savior. And Lord, they won't. Because they'll just say, oh, look, this is a really nice person. And here's another really nice person, and he's a Buddhist. And he's another really nice person, and he, he's trying to save the planet, and he's an atheist. Like, it's, it's not only example, but examples are good. Sorry, I'm probably killing all our last five sermons with what I'm saying. Examples are good, but we need to share as well, or they need to someone to share the message with them. And... Um, that comes down to this verse, Romans 10:14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And the preaching, the word there is announcing, it's proclaiming, it's sharing with conviction the reality of what Jesus has done on someone's life and people won't be able to start following Jesus unless someone shares a message with them. And uh, I know it's, it's a journey and it's, it's, it's difficult and it's not, not that simple. Um, I, I used to um, lead a ministry at, we used to take young people from different churches out in the streets and, and share the gospel. And, and it, was, it was really fun and um, sometimes a bit scary, uh, but it was great. And. And we, we spend some time uh, kind of speaking to people, and sometimes we'd kind of very quickly say, okay, do you want to do this prayer? And if you do this prayer, you've, you've got eternity in your hand. You don't have to do anything else. And people were like, oh, yeah, free ticket. You, I do this prayer. I don't believe anything you're saying, but at least for your religion, I'm, I'm saved. And people would just say the um, kind of the sinner's prayer and then not do anything about it. So it's not as simple as just a prayer. It's a journey where people at some point... Decide to follow Jesus in their lives. And um, the third point I want to share is that God converts, not us. Today we're talking about conversion. We don't convert people, and that's quite good news, isn't it? It takes a lot of pressure off of us to know that God is the one who brings conversion, the one who changes people, the one who takes people out of darkness into his marvelous light. God does that, not us. Our call is to share, but he does the work. And in First Corinthians 3, 6 to 9 it says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And I remember having a discussion with a with a friend of mine. Uh, He was from from Chile, another another country, and and we were both working in a kind of evangelistic ministries. And and we were talking about sort of the tension between what is our job and what is God's job. And he told me something. This was like probably at 1 a.m., one of those Saturday long nights. And he said, but if, if if, if I have to convert people, if it's down to me that people's eternal destiny is all completely down to me, the pressure's too big. It's just too much. I just can't live in my head without overwhelming responsibility. But if that responsibility is God and we co-work and we share, then that's right. If I don't have to change everyone, transform everyone, if I don't have to convert everyone, then that's right. I can depend on God. I can co-work and I can live without that pressure. If not, the pressure is too big. I thought, yes, that, that got me, I thought, yes, it's something we do together, but at the end of the day, it's God work, God's work, we share, we work with him, and I had two, two very interesting, very different um, experiences with this. One was, uh, I, I had a really good friend, and I, I brought him to church, and he came to church quite a few times, and he, he joined some of our ministry, and uh, he, he came to, to a lot of the things, and... and um, after, I had two really long conversations, literally three-hour conversations with him. And after the second one, um, we, we were very kind of open, frank conversation. Uh, and I was talking about really the cost that of, of discipleship and the cost of following Jesus. And, and this was kind of mid-20s. And he said, I think all the Jesus thing is great. I think God is real. But what you're asking me to do, I can't do. I'm, I'm, I'm one of kind of the, the cool guys uh, w- between our friends I love my lifestyle. I love partying. I love this and that. And, and I really like your Jesus and, and everything you're talking about. But, but it's not a step I'm willing to take. And he slowly kind of drifted away. And I thought, I'd invested so much for him to become a Christian. And he was kind of half there. And then another person um, came to me after, after a talk who, who had actually um, joined a choir, wasn't really a Christian. And uh, I spent some time just praying with her. And and she came and said, literally, she came and said, I want to become a Christian. Can you pray with me? I was like, yes. (laughs) I haven't done anything at all. Like other people had fed into her life. And she came up and she just sat down with me. And and obviously, uh, another girl... And, and we prayed, and she said, I want to be a Christian. And she was in tears, just saying, how, how, what do I do? I said, let's do this prayer together, and we're going to pray for you. And she was just, and, and she completely changed her life. She's still singing in worship bands, and she's still in church. And therefore, you realize it's God that does the work. But our call is to share, is to co-work with God. So a few, a few stats for, for those of you who like stats. Um, Let's try and see what what does each circle mean. This actually comes out of um, Jesus Talk. um, A report came out last year or this year. And and they said that 75% of the non-Christians in the UK are willing to hear about your faith and won't feel uncomfortable, actually are very happy to listen to you and share a conversation about faith with you. 75% of non-Christians are very happy to have a frank conversation about this. It doesn't mean that they're going to become Christians, but they are happy for you to share and for them to share back. More or less 95% of the people who come to faith, come to faith through a friend or family member, so, again, our, our network of people is probably the, the most important uh, route in which people will become Christians. And, and this is an old kind of American stat. You know Americans love stats. And they, this is like, don't, don't take it too seriously, but this is a, a group of people who studied and said that usually a person becomes a Christian after being preached at or, or sharing, receiving faith 13 times. So sometimes they have uh, somewhere a colleague who's, who kind of shared something about faith and a family member somewhere around the line and somewhere else around there. And it takes usually around 13 different people or 13 different encounters for people to actually say, okay, I'm going to um, become a Christian. I want to follow this. So that's, that's where we realize that it's not up to us to convert people. It's definitely not up to us to convert people. Actually, there's three big factors in conversion. This is a church, and I like to talk about church, not because its if you think about 13 times, it's not one person preaching 13 times, sharing 13 times, it's a church. It's a, the God's church, that's different people having different interactions, that are sharing with someone, who actually afterwards starts a journey with Jesus. Um, it's a person, it depends on what the person wants to do as well. Like my friend, he heard everything, he, he was convinced, but he said, actually, this is not for me. I prefer my position in, in kind of my, my group of friends. And ultimately, it's down to God. God produces the growth. So this is, an, and I shared this last week in the morning, this is our epic story. This is our, our narrative. This is what Christianity is all about. This is kind of our, our journey of faith. This is what Clive and Anna are, are going to do. This is what we're all about. We are sharing faith with with people who aren't Christians. That's that's our identity. Uh, And if you think of, I I love the Lord of the Rings because I I like the idea of Frodo and Sam actually going off on a mission, and and they're so focused on the mission that like nearly nothing else matters compared to what they're trying to do. And we are trying to build God's kingdom. That's that's our narrative. That's our story and conversion and, and sharing faith is at the heart of it. It's not the only thing, we build the kingdom in many different ways, but sharing faith is definitely up there in, in the priority, um, in the list of priorities. So I'm gonna share quickly last chunk of of scripture from Romans, and this is Paul, I love this verse, it's been one of my favorites for a long time. Um, I hope you, you recognize it. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer ourselves for his mission. Offer ourselves for this epic narrative of bringing the kingdom of God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we step out in faith, when we step out and share, even if, if we get the worst reply from the people around us, it's still we still discover that his will is perfect and agreeable and pleasing, don't we? When we stepped out in faith to share our faith, even if we get the kind of biggest no of the world, and people saying, how how dare you share that with me, we still have that sense of of purpose, that sense of, oh, this is really good. There's a bit of adrenaline in it. So at the end of the day, we are called to pray for people, to love people, to trust God, but at the heart of it is to share. If we pray, love, trust, well, then we probably depend on someone else to share. But for someone to start a journey of faith, someone needs to share the message with them. Someone needs to be there to share. And it might be that you feel so very uncomfortable sharing your faith. You might just say, okay, come around to an alpha course. Come around somewhere else where you can ask questions. Uh, Come and have a coffee with someone who's like uh, an enthusiastic evangelist. Just invite David Senior around to sit down with you and and speak. But, But if if you feel you you don't feel you have the words to share, just share what why God is important to you, and then leave the kind of more detail about Jesus' death on the cross and, and all of that to someone else. But for someone to become a Christian, to someone to start this journey, and this is kind of basically our mission. We need to pray, we need to love them, we need to trust that God will do something, and we need to share. I'm going to show a, a, a video which. Um, you saw like two seconds. Did anyone recognize the video? No. Yes, it was just a few. I love that. It was it was very kind of famous back in the day when when I was so it's quite an old video. When I was a, a, a young adult or uh, in the youth, we, we used to do this sketch which you're going to see in in kind of in the street. So we'd go to a park, try and bite people, do something fun, and then plug in this sketch, and, and we'd act it out. Um, and I saw it the other day, and I was quite moved by it, because, it, again, it reminds me of what conversion is all about. It's God calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And just as you look at this video, um, just think, this could be someone you know. This could be a family member of yours, a friend, a colleague at work, um, your children, your grandchildren, could be someone you know that goes through something like this let's see hopefully it will work let's stand and pray and just say god here i am this is who i want to be this is what i want to do i want to share your message of transformation to the world around me i'm going to invite the band to come up and we can just in 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 the next few minutes as we worship as we pray to say, God, I'm here. Therefore, I offer myself to be a living sacrifice for your kingdom. You are a God of transformation. You are a God who loves the people who are suffering, who are going through difficulties. You love our family and friends who are lost and need your grace. And God, we want to say it. We love them as well. And we want to share your message with them as well. And we would love them to discover the amazing grace you have, the amazing life they can have with you. And therefore, we offer ourselves, God, to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. That is our worship. That is our song. That is our prayer, to offer ourselves, for your kingdom, to share your gospel to the people around us. So I pray that you'd come by your spirit now and fill us with your presence, Lord. Come and equip us for the work we have ahead of us. Come and give us confidence and courage and compassion to share your message with the people around us. And we want to say, God, that we are yours and we are here for you. Send us out in the power of your spirit to be your people. Amen.